If you would remain standing for the reading of God's Word, turn with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, as we continue in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, I will begin reading in verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Praise God for his holy word. Please be seated. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. These beautiful words reveal to us not only the amazing grace of a holy and righteous God and saving sinners, but also God's guiding, protecting, sanctifying, caring, and comforting hand and bringing His children all the way home. This sermon is spiritually rich for the children of God. The Sermon on the Mount is for our health and benefit. If only we would come and sit at the Savior's feet and find rest for a while. If we would just slow down and listen and walk according to these great words, we would image Christ more in this life. If we would take these words to heart, we would know more fully the character of God. How we are to love and how blessed we truly are as the children of God. If we would stop and think that and the millions that surround us in the DFW area alone. How amazing that God has saved us. If we spent more time focused upon these great words, we would begin to shed the sin that sings so closely in our life. While being filled with the character of Christ, loving the Lord, loving our neighbors as ourselves. James Montgomery Boyce said, Christ's statements are intended to teach among other things, that the kind of life that he requires actually is impossible for men. And it remains impossible until men first come to Christ, acknowledging that they cannot live it and asking him to live it in them. See, we have a major problem even as Christians in this room, that if we're not daily going to Christ, we have no desire for Christ to be lived in us. Beatitude number one, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We are spiritually bankrupt without Jesus Christ. Beatitude two, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we mourn this life, 
When what our sin, our circumstances, our hardships bring our laments before the Lord, our grieving to God as the children of God, He will comfort us. And now Beatitude number 3, today's words, Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. These words find their root in Psalm 37. Let me read Psalm 37, 1-11 for us. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. They will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in His way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoer shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. This is now the third time in this sermon, in Beatitude number three, in which Jesus has declared something that is opposing to that of the views of this world. That he is opposed to that of the thinking of the Jews. The world doesn't believe that salvation is all of God given to sinners as a gift. The world holds that we are all good people, all going to the same place, that we in and of ourselves are powerful, that the poor in spirit are not blessed in the eyes of the world. The blessed are those who are proud. In God's eyes, it is the poor in spirit who inherit the kingdom of heaven. The world doesn't believe that those who mourn are blessed. Mourning and blessing are opposed to each other, and comfort is not found in mourning. Comfort is found in riches. Work harder. In God's eyes, those who mourn are blessed, for they are comforted by Him. Today's beatitude concerns the meek, the gentle, the lowly, the humble. The world laughs at those who are meek. I thought to myself this past week, I wonder what the faces of his disciples looked like when Jesus uttered these precious words of comfort for the first time. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I wonder if these words came to their minds over and over again over the next three years as they walked with him and watched his ministry and saw everything that he was doing that was countercultural. I wonder if the words, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, became more rooted in them when Christ appeared to him after his resurrection. After he walked with them for 40 days and he saw, he, they saw him ascend, I wonder if they thought, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The world's thinking is that meekness is weakness. The meek are those without a spine. Unable to do what is required and needed in the moment. The meek are those who fall short. Even in the church, 
There is so much worldly thinking when it comes to leadership and taking care of the flock that gentleness or meanness has often been erased and neglected. Because meanness is so misunderstood in the church and not elevated enough among the people of God, not elevated enough in our lives, our focus is going to be understanding meanness, understanding the reward of meanness, And looking at the life of Jesus Christ and Messiah this morning, the one who was perfectly meek. Don't be deceived. Meekness is a characteristic of God's children. It is. Take note of these six passages. Galatians 5, verses 19 through 26. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. James 1, 19-21 Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is to save your souls. So even here this morning, many of us come in here and we come in here with extreme pride thinking, I don't need God. I don't need the word of God. I don't need to be told how to live your life. That's because you lack meekness. Colossians 3, 5-14 Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Again, as God's children, we're called to put those things to death. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Put on the new self, which is being renewed after the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Even an evaluation of us looking at our own lives and seeing, Lord, I'm not going to forgive somebody. That's called pride. 
And if you always live like that, it begs the question, am I really saved myself? Because do I actually think I need salvation? I need forgiveness from Christ? Or am I good in and of myself? Ephesians 4, 1-3, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I mean, even in this, and all these passages so far, you're seeing, you're supposed to take off these things and put on these things. You're supposed to not do these things, and you're supposed to walk this way. Like, there is a way in which God's children are to walk in this life. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus sits down on this mountain, and his disciples come to him, and they sit at his feet, and he is teaching them, this is what we need to picture in our everyday life. We come before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need your word to live. I need to know how to live because I cannot do it in and of myself. I am fully dependent upon you. So when we hear the words over and over again, do not do this, walk this way, take this off, put this on. He's saying, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness. That takes away pride. With patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Even in unity, it's not about you and me. The unity is all about the Lord. 1 Peter 3, verses 12-17. through For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That's a warning for us that we can actually be in this room thinking that we are good with God, have everybody else fooled. God knows. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience. So that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may put you to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Meekness is a characteristic of God's children. Gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We are to be gentle with others when it comes to sin. We are to receive with meekness the Word of God. We are to put on meekness as God's children. Walking worthy includes living with meekness. It's the attitude of humility. Even in the defense of the faith, we are to be gentle or meek, or even in defending the faith, we can be sinners. Meekness is a characteristic of God's children. And when we put on meekness, so many other sins are put to death. When you put on meekness as the child of God, you kill by the Spirit of God so many other sins that would be present if you did not have meekness. Here's point number one. Biblical meekness is trusting God. Biblical meekness is trusting God. Meekness is vertical before it is horizontal. It is vertical before horizontal. It is our, our relationship with God, and then it is present in our relationship with others. I will continue to remind you each week that these Beatitudes, they are progressive. We are first poor in spirit, 
We are spiritually bankrupt, poor in the inward man. Then we mourn our sin, the sin in the world, the sin that is around us, receiving comfort from God. Now we learn that blessed are those who are meek or gentle. Blessed are those who walk with humility before the Lord. Meekness comes after we understand our sin, after we mourn our sin. Meekness comes as we grasp the holiness of God. Knowing who God is, it changes everything. This is the problem with most individuals and most churches, most teenagers, most children, most adults. We don't know God and His holiness, His justice. We don't understand who He is because we have such a blown up portion of who we are, so prideful and a low view of who God is. When we don't approach God's word with meekness, we actually believe our word is worth more. Meekness is trusting God because we understand who he is, that we are dependent upon him for all things. Meekness is trusting God because without his power, we are powerless. Meekness is trusting God because he is the one who is ruling over all of his creation. In every situation, he is working out his perfect will. The meek are the ones who sit at the feet of Christ. The meek are the ones who are actually living abundant life. The meek are those who are accepting all that comes to pass as all things for good. Romans 8, 28, we know that God works all things together for good for those who love him, who walk according to his purpose. The meek, they don't argue with God or resist what he is doing. They trust him. This is the meekness that we are to have with the Lord, and blessed are they who are meek. When we are not trusting God, we become angry when our will does not come to pass. When we are so concerned about our will coming to pass, we are living in sin. Biblical meekness is trusting God, whatever comes to pass. Number two, biblical meekness is control. Biblical meekness is control. Control is not quickly reacting to God. It's not quickly reacting to someone or something, but righteously responding to whoever or whatever with the heart of pleasing the Lord. Those who are meek, they're not loose cannons. They're spirit-controlled saints. William Barclay put it like this, Blessed is a man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. The world usually awards the most blunt, harsh, opinionated, forward-thinking, arrogant, out-of-control individual. This person is usually the one who receives a standing ovation from the world. However, this is not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is meekness. It is control. Control with our thinking. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by feeding on the Word of God. Romans 12. Control with our words. Submitting ourselves to God because our tongue is a fire and only God can control our tongue. James chapter 1. Control with our actions, knowing how Christ lived and how he laid down his life for his children, the Gospel of Matthew. Living with a controlled and righteous anger, not thinking of self, 
but of God and neighbor, putting the needs of others before our own. Matthew chapter 22. The way of Christ is a meek, controlled life. Biblical meekness is trusting God. Biblical meekness is control. And point number three, biblical meekness is living with the correct behavior. The correct behavior is love. For biblical meekness to spring forward, it must spring forward out of the love of God. In whatever situation as God's children, we are to operate out of love with meekness. James 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? If you actually read that and think that's you, that may be a sign that you're very prideful. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, meekness is present at salvation, no doubt. But it's, po- it's supposed to flow from our lives during our sanctification. Meanness is to exist in our everyday behavior to the glory of God. Brother Lloyd Joyne said it well. The man who is truly meek is the one who is truly amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. You may have heard it put this way. How are you doing today? And the individual responds, better than I deserve. Do you pray with meekness? We might be right, but without meekness, we're wrong. We might go and share the gospel with others, but are we doing it with meekness? We might see the sin in in others' people's lives clearly, but is meekness present as we talk with them and talk to them? Now, we know our own sins, but how do we respond to others who care enough to talk to us about our sins? Do we have meekness? When we are lacking in meekness, pride is present. When meekness is present, you are living for God, absent of self-assertion. This is where you and I constantly crawl off the altar. We actually think in a conversation, I have to voice what I have to voice. I have to say, I have to post, I have to give my opinion as if this life is about us. It's self-assertion. When pride is present, self-assertion is present and you are living for self and you are not living for the Lord. Biblical meanness is trusting God. Biblical meanness, it is control. Biblical meanness is living with the correct behavior. And point number four, biblical meekness is rewarded by God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does Christ mean by saying the meek will inherit the earth? Looking again at Psalm 37, verses 9 through 11. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. So often, we want to inherit the earth, but we don't want to be meek. We want what Christ is going to give us. We just don't want to be like Christ. The wicked may prosper now, but not in the future. The evildoers will be cut off. It is not the aggressive, it is not the strong, it is not the powerful who will inherit the earth. 
The meek will inherit the earth. And they do so because they are found to be in Christ. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we also may glorify with Him. See, there's this thinking today in the Christian church and in the Christian's mind that if I am meek, I will not be persecuted. We don't find that. We find if we are meek, we will be persecuted, but we're going to inherit the earth while those who are evil will be cut off. The Christian life is not about living your best life now. Your best life now is to live for the glory of God. That's your best life now. Your best life now is to be meek before a holy God, to be meek before others, and to point to Christ in all things. And yes, you will suffer. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Galatians 3, 27-29, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So the meek inherit the earth, all that Christ owns, we own. So in Christ we have everything There is great contentment found in Christ. You see, when meekness is not present in our life as the children of God, you're not content. Like, you become consumed with the things of this world. You think, I need this, I need this, I need this, and I need this. It's because you don't have meekness because you're unsatisfied with Christ. You are unsatisfied with everything that he has given you. You want more, you want more, you want more. And where do you look? Outside of Christ, you have the world. But in Christ, we have everything. There is great contentment found in Christ. 2 Peter 3, verse 13. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. This is our inheritance. Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. We have this this vocabulary, these words in which are describing that what we see with our eyes, it's going away, it's vanishing, it will not last. The meek will inherit the earth in the future. Absolutely, yes, amen. But a present reward for meekness is contentment in Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 18-23 Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. You see, our world likes to applaud the fools. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness, and again the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. They are futile. So let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Even Philippians 4, verse 19, My God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God's children are meek because they lack nothing. Justification, sanctification, glorification, 
is for all of God's children. We didn't deserve the free gift of salvation. We didn't earn the forgiveness of our sins. Even after the grace of God in saving sinners, we still sin. You sinned yesterday, you sinned this morning, and God is still sustaining you. The Lord sustains His children, and He gifts them with Him. And all that He owns, they own. Contentment is found in Christ in the here and the now. And we can presently enjoy Him and His creation to the glory of God. The meek are fellow heirs with Christ. John MacArthur put it this way, only the meek will inherit the earth because only the meek meek belong to the King who will rule the future kingdom of the earth. Biblical meekness, it is trusting God. If you lack trust in God, that means you're very prideful in yourself. Biblical meekness is control. If you lack control, you're lacking submission to the Lord. Biblical meekness is living with the correct behavior. If meekness is not on display in your behavior with others, you're thinking too highly of yourself. And biblical meekness is rewarded by God. If you don't think that Christ is enough, pride is present. Point number five, biblical meekness has footsteps in which we are to follow. Biblical meekness has footsteps in which we are to follow. You see, Jesus didn't just preach the Sermon on the Mount. He lived it. Every second of every day, he lived it. In every situation, for the next three years before these disciples, he lived this sermon. The Sermon on the Mount was not empty words. He backed them up, something that we cannot do. His words became visible in his perfect life as the disciples followed him. Jesus lived out this sermon without error. Meekness was perfectly displayed. He came to do the Father's will, and He did the Father's will in everything. So as I read these closing passages out of Matthew and Philippians, may we be reminded of the meekness of our great Savior. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This is where we find the heart of Christ. Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 through 6. And calling to him, that is Jesus is calling to him a child. He put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a milestone fastened around his neck and to be thrown down into the depths of the sea. Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. Jesus called to them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. 
even as the Son of Man came to came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 26, verse 39, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You know, food for thought concerning that verse, it's not us as Christians coming before God. God, can I please live this life without being gentle, without being humble, without having meekness? Can I please live this life so that I only put myself first and put others last? We already have that in our life. We need meekness. Matthew 27, 11 through 14, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge. So the governor was greatly amazed. The meekness of Christ. In closing, if you'll turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, we find a letter in which Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, a church that he planted, a church that he loved. And you don't see the normal from the Apostle Paul in this. He doesn't open up the letter by saying, I have this against you, I have this problem with you. It's just straight-blown encouragement because there's not a major sin that has infiltrated the church. Philippians 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing, nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Biblical meekness, it is trusting the Lord. Biblical meekness is control. Biblical meekness is living with the correct behavior for the glory of God. That's the correct behavior part. Biblical meekness is rewarded by God. And biblical meekness has footsteps in which we are to follow. We are to follow and live this life with the mind of Christ that is ours in Christ Jesus. We are to follow the ways of our Savior. We are to image Christ. We are image bearers. We are to do this. Blessed are the lowly, 
Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the meek. I know that this sermon is countercultural. I know that these words that Jesus has said, even with many in this church, are thinking, when in the world are we going to stop looking at these Beatitudes so that we can focus on something more important? We're looking at Christ. There is nothing more important. If you think gentleness, meekness, humility is weakness, you're prideful and you're without Christ. Meekness, those people who are meek, they come before the Lord knowing they have nothing to offer and they are so thankful that God has saved a sinner like them. The meekness, those who are meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are meek. May meekness be a pattern of our life for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, we can even have pride right now thinking we've got meekness all figured out. Lord, show us that we don't. There are so many different areas. There are so many different situations. There are so many different prides in our life and coming before you and prides and talking with others, pride and not listening to others. Pride in not taking so many things seriously. Reveal to us that we are individuals that need to be sitting at your feet, hungry for you. That we need to be men, women, and children who come before you and we say, Lord, show us what it is to be meek. Teach us more about who you are so that we may better image you in this life, that we may better worship you with the time that we have on this earth. Father, for those who are prideful, break them of their pride. Reveal their sin. Draw them to you. Father, thank you for your word. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces, it cuts, it divides. Blessed are the meek. Help us to remember that and to image that. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.